Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson, Director of Communications at the Michigan Department of Transportation. Coming off the successful return of a cool Michigan tradition, Mackinac Bridge Walk on Labor Day, I thought it was a good time to revisit the condition of our state's other bridges and some creative proposals to fund replacement and repair of state and local structures. First, for some national perspective, I'll be talking with some experts at AASHTO, the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Patricia Bush is AASHTO's Program Manager for Bridges and Design, and Matt Hardy is AASHTO's Program Director for Planning and Performance Management. Later, I'll be speaking with MDOT's own Matt Chenoweth, the department's chief bridge engineer, whose team is leading efforts on a proposal to package several locally owned bridges into an efficient bundle to stretch the dollars. But first, Patricia Bush and Matt Hardy, thank you both for taking time out of your schedules to talk. Patricia, let's start with you. Uh, Could you talk first about the words you and your colleagues use when you talk about bridge conditions and why and how the rating system was changed? So currently the terminology used is good, fair, and poor. Uh, and those uh, those terms are based on a uh, numeric system um, that's composed of a whole, you know, inspection of all the components of the bridge and numerical va- values are assigned based on the conditions. And that all comes together to one overall bridge condition. Uh, the previous terms uh, for some of the same stuff was uh, structurally deficient and functionally obsolete. Uh, Functionally obsolete is no longer anywhere in US code. And I believe that the infrastructure bill that's working its way through Congress now will take care of the last instance of structurally deficient. And part of why we're getting away from those terms is that they caused a lot of confusion um, for everyone except for bridge engineers who are very familiar with what they mean. And uh, it's just better that we minimize confusion as much as possible when we're talking about uh, people's safety and the uh, you know high dollar infrastructure that bridges are. Yes, I can tell you firsthand that uh, those terms have created a lot of confusion um, among reporters especially. And so I think that this does bring clarity to it. So Matt, let's talk a little bit about performance management and the national bridge reporting measures that all states must use and how that relates to your work. Sure. So all the state DOTs um, have to put together uh, a a transportation asset management plan, which basically lays out how a state is going to be managing some of the more critical assets, um, the ones that represent, I would say, roughly 75 to 80 percent of the value of the transportation system. And those are that that's the pavement of the roadways that you drive on or you bike on or you walk on, um, as well as the bridges um, that you drive over, bike over, and walk over as well. So all the states have to collect data on these assets and the bridge assets as well, um, and then they have to set targets. So the targets have to be uh, sort of look into the future, um, and they have to sort of sort of tell people um, what do you think, what condition the bridges are, are going to be in given the resources that you have, right? So there's not an infinite supply of money out there. Um, each state is limited in some way. 
they have to make decisions about, do I put money towards operational improvements? Do I put money towards safety improvements? Do I put money towards um, improving the condition of my assets, right? And that's limited and they have to make these difficult decisions and try to figure out how do I allocate resources um, and try to optimize so that my pavements stay in a good condition, my bridges stay in a good condition, as well as the, the, the operations of the transportation system. Can people get from point A to point B in a uh, safe and effective way? Well, and I, I, I have to believe it's a good thing to be able to tell lawmakers at the state level and the federal level that, look, here's how we track these things, and here's how we track how much money is spent, how much money is needed. And when we keep saying that, you know, we've underfunded transportation infrastructure for a long time, you know, we've got the data to show it, right? Exactly. And that's what the National Performance Management Reporting uh, or, or process is, is all about. It's about telling the public uh, what the condition of the transportation assets are, um, how much money you might need to sort of maintain them in a certain condition. So if you want all of the bridges to be in good condition, uh, you would need this much money. If you want to have a collection of, you know, good condition and fair condition, you would need this much money. So it is a tool that the that the policymakers, the planners, the engineers have to sort of tell that story about what the condition of our assets are, and then what kind of resources resources do we need to keep the assets in a certain condition. So, Patricia, we know there's a lot of industry groups um, that have, you know, their own agendas, obviously, and do all kinds of ratings and report cards every year. Um, what would you, how would you summarize the condition of the nation's bridges? Well, ASHTO as an organization does not collect bridge data and nor do we analyze the uh, national bridge inventory data that the states report. So this would be just, you know, my anecdotal opinion. Um, I think that the condition overall of bridges are improving. Um, there certainly are, you know, high profile cases where there are issues and there's some states where things are better than others, but uh, the state DOTs are working hard to uh, improve the condition of the bridges to keep things safe for the traveling public. And I do think they're seeing some success in that. Uh, it's just, you know, slow and uh, relatively minor successes, certainly not the, you know, quick front page things that uh, politicians and maybe the public are looking for. So could you talk a little bit about what goes into a decision to close a bridge? Uh, well, there's several things. So um, there was a bridge recently closed in Memphis this past summer, and that was uh, something the, the bridge inspectors found. Um, so bridge, every bridge is inspected at least every two years, sometimes more frequently. And if the bridge inspectors find a situation that they feel is uh, extremely dangerous, then they, you know, these bridge inspectors called 911 and uh, had the bridge closed as soon as possible because there was a cracked member. Um, other times, uh, nothing is obvious when the inspectors look at it, but they do their inspection and they come back and um, do what are called low rating calculations. And if those calculations indicate that the bridge can't handle either high loads of traffic, uh, such as you know trucks or buses, then they'll post load restrictions. And if the bridge is no longer able to handle just regular vehicular, vehicular traffic, then they will close a bridge. Um, safety is, is the utmost priority for the bridge engineers and structural engineers um, in the DOTs. They take that responsibility very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's, that's certainly the case in Michigan. Um, well, Matt, 
You know, officials at MDOT long ago embraced an asset management approach to managing the system. Um, I know some states are more aggressive about that than others, and certainly some local agencies are better about it than others. But that's another term that can lose a lot of general audience pretty quickly. Uh, your eyes kind of glaze over when you hear asset management. Can you talk about what it really means and why it's important? Sure. I think uh, at, at the core, asset management is about, first and foremost, taking care of the roads, the bridges, the transportation system that you currently have in the best condition possible. And you're going to try to, again, as I said earlier, sort of optimize based upon the resources you have. Um, it's not that it's not glamorous. It's not like a new bridge opening or a new road opening or anything like that. It's kind of the routine day to day bread and butter work that state DOTs, even local DOTs have to do to ensure that the transportation system is in a state of good repair. Um, and that's the core of it. And I think that's the core of what a state DOT does. It's not about adding new capacity. It's about maintaining the existing system um, to the safest and most efficient extent possible. And the other thing that I'll add is that, you know, asset management and uh, and the C improvements, these are long lived assets. You know, bridges last 50, 75 years. Roads last, you know, 25, 50, 75 years before you have to go and completely rebuild them. And to, to see condition change, it takes a while um, to, to, to kind of see those differences over time. So even though the National Performance Management reporting, the requirement for asset management plans, um, that sort of thing, it's going to take five, six, ten years to see those new policies uh, get to work and kind of show improvements and changes over time. So a little bit of patience is required, I think, uh, to, to sort of see the impacts that these policies and everything will have. But it's also a little counterintuitive because people, you know, kind of automatically think that worst first is the best approach. Correct. And some that's uh, asset management is not the same as worst first. There could be a very good reason why you want to uh, maintain a certain bridge or a certain piece of roadway in a fair condition or maybe even a poor condition because it's not you know used all that often it has a very low volume of traffic um you know that sort of thing where there are certain assets certain bridges that might carry 25 30 uh you know 50,000 vehicles a day you want to ensure that they never go from good to fair or from fair to poor because that would mean a very expensive uh, repair or maintenance operation. So you want to, so worst first, we don't want worst first, we want to manage the assets uh, to the best condition possible given the resources and lots of other constraints that an engineer or a transportation department might have. Is there anything you want to add to that for emphasis, Patricia? Uh, nope, Matt's got it. Um, just, you know, again, to emphasize that that you know, bridge projects in particular are not something that you can just conjure up in a year or two and make the improvement and see your um, performance management scores go up. Um, they take years to formulate and to uh, program and to come to fruition. And so it, it does take time to see improvements uh, in these, these scores and these policies. Yeah, it takes long-term thinking and patience, as you said. Well, thank you both. That that was that was good. I think that uh, that covered the uh, important things and sets up the second conversation with Matt Chenoweth very nicely. Stay with us. We'll have more on the other side of this important message. You looked. 
You looked again. Put the phone down and pay attention when you drive so you arrive alive. Remember, don't drive distracted. We are back with Matt Chenoweth, who is the Chief Bridge Engineer, Director of the Bureau of Bridges and Structures at MDOT, and uh, a frequent guest on the podcast. Matt, thanks for taking time to do this. Thanks for having me again, Jeff. So first thing I wanted to do, um, coming off a conversation with a, a, a couple of folks at AASHTO who provided some national perspective on uh, where, where bridges stand and bridge conditions and terminology and uh, performance management, all those things. I want you to, to give an overview of where you think uh, Michigan bridges are overall. Yeah, so about 20 years ago or so, uh, the department made some decisions regarding strategic investments in bridge where, uh, you know, we were we were falling behind. We're still behind, but we were in much worse shape. We were focusing on uh, worst first. We did not have much of a preservation strategy or uh, routine maintenance strategy. It was basically, you know, once a bridge is poor or serious, you replace it, right? And so that uh, got us into some condition issues. So about 20 years ago, we made a, we we pivoted, we shifted into a, you know, into what we call a mix of fixes, where we have a certain percent of our appropriation goes towards maintenance, certain goes towards rehabilitation, which is like you know major deck replacements, um, you know major work, and then a certain percent goes towards full replacement of bridges, right? Fully fully replacing them, rebuilding them to modern standards, widening whatever. And that really put us in, uh, we saw our condition goals, or our condition, excuse me, uh, steadily increase. We set condition goals to hit, uh, to have no, you know, bridges no more than 5% poor by a certain date. And we hit that a number of years ago. An interesting point about that, though, is we now have this massive population of bridges that are in fair condition. We have fewer bridges in good condition. We have fewer bridges in poor condition, but we have this huge population of bridges in fair condition where we have done the maintenance, we've done the preservation, but they're still going to deteriorate at a certain rate and the bill will come due. And so we're looking at uh, some huge decisions coming up about how we take a bite out of this huge population of uh, bridges in fair condition. It's kind of a glass half full, glass half empty metaphor, isn't it? Because um, I know some people like to group fair together with good so that it, it sounds better to say we've got this many in fair and good. But if you're going to be accurate, you break off those down in all three categories and it tells a different story. Yeah, that's correct. And there, there's a there's a category of fair that is one number above being poor. Right. So that's why we're, we're really interested in slowing our deterioration rate, because as a fair bridge deteriorates, it eventually will go into poor condition. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. I talked with Matt Hardy uh, earlier, who is the director of performance management at Ashto, and he talked a great deal about asset management and how important it is. And I think that complements or underscores what you said about when MDOT took that approach and got away from worst first, which seems a little counterintuitive because you think, well, of course you want to fix what's worse, but that's not the best approach to an entire system. Yeah, when you're dealing with a, a system that has bridges anywhere from 100 years old to one year old, 
Um, it's not a one size fits all approach. You have to be doing maintenance on some population. You have to be doing rehabilitation and some of them you have no choice. The service life is up and you have to replace them. So let's talk a little bit about uh, before we get into what we're doing with the bridge bundling proposal and that's still you know working its way through the legislature hopefully to, to be in a supplemental budget from fiscal year 21. Um, some of the the bigger projects bridge projects that are going on in uh, on, on trunk lines in Michigan uh, M55 near Manistee that one is uh, pretty important to that community and uh, turned into a major uh, rebuilding of the entire structure including new abutments and then 196 over the Grand River in downtown Grand Rapids. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how both those projects, how important they are? Yeah, so the M55 bridge there in Manistee, that initially started off as a rehab project. Uh, we were going to put a, a new bridge deck on, uh, but when we got out there and actually started doing some detailed assessments, uh, we found that uh, the piers, um, through, you know, a process we call ASR, alkali silica reaction, which is a material, no, I wouldn't say it's a material defect, but it is a material issue that causes uh, advanced degradation of the concrete. So we started doing a lot of tests on that and um, found that we weren't going to get much more life out of, out of the substructure. And so the decision was made to do a full replacement, full modernization. And that's a huge dollar amount, especially for North Region that doesn't have um, you know, the distribution of bridge funds to North Region is couldn't cover that. You know, they would have to save that their funding for a number of years to replace a bridge like that. So we uh, got creative in how we funded the replacement of that using uh, giving you know additional funding to North Region and then using some central office funding. But yeah, that's a really, really cool bridge replacement project. It's a very marshy area, so the geotechnical conditions are far from ideal and we've got some very deep foundations going in there. So major, major project there. And then, yeah, the I-196 there west of, west of town in, in Grand Rapids, huge bridge. Uh, the bridge itself, uh, the, the steel superstructure uh, in fine condition. We had one span that had a high load hit a number of years ago. So we were able to uh, fix that with this project and then put a new deck on. And so, um, yeah, that's a it's this major project and they're, they're doing a real nice job replacing the deck on that right now. Talk a little bit about you know how you have to just be so vigilant about about the inspections on these things and and you know what people might see and think i don't know why they're working on that bridge i drive over it every day and it seems fine sure yeah i mean the thing you got to keep in mind is um a bridge is a structure and a structure is carefully proportioned um based on uh, what structural capacity is needed for the bridge uh, so yeah, you may be driving across a bridge deck that seems like it's in pretty good shape, just like it, you know, the, the road may seem like it's in good shape. Um, but you know, steel beams, uh, they corrode, uh, concrete beams, uh, they will, you know, they'll spall and they will crack. And so we do, when, when we're looking to, when we look at our asset management principles, we do a very thorough evaluation of the entire structure functionally is it is it wide enough is it high enough uh you know do we have enough structural capacity in, in a bridge that was designed and built in the 60s to withstand you know current uh you know truckloads in the state so we do a very thorough analysis before we and we come up with various options of what can we do do we do nothing do we just do some maintenance do we do more than maintenance um, and that's part of our overall strategy uh, for managing the network 
Well, I think uh, from what I'm hearing, um, I was able to visit with the director of that M55 project yesterday, and the community has been great up there, uh, having it completely closed. And, you know, a, a detour that uh, is, is certainly inconvenient for people, but they've, they understand the value of having this thing replaced uh, and, and prepared to last a good long time. You know, it's a $10 million plus project, which is a, a big project for that area. Um, same in 196 in, in Grand Rapids. I mean, certainly it's it's frustrating for people, um, but the the region I think did a really good job of of signing it and directing the traffic either north or south on 131, depending yeah. on you know, where you're going ultimately, and it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, and I mean we've got we've got other big projects. I mean we've got I mean there's bridge projects going all over the state. We've got. 475 69 interchange there in Flint. We've got work up and down I-75 and, and Saginaw and Bay counties. We've got work, always a lot of work in, in the in the metro region. Uh, so there is a there's a lot of bridge work going on right now. We're very busy. And there's there's there are bridges that are being built as part of that uh, 94 US 31 connection too in southwest Correct. Michigan. Yes. Yes. Long long awaited project for people there. So. Briefly, lastly, uh, talk a little bit of, more just to kind of reinforce the bridge bundling proposal. Uh, you know why it's an innovative thing for Michigan and and how helpful it could be to the locals who, um, you know, are struggling to fund the repair and replacement of their bridges. Yeah, so we got we got two efforts going on. First of all, we've got our pilot project, which is 19 bridges uh, that uh, MDOT worked with the locals to put together. Uh, this is 100% federal funds that we didn't run through the normal 75-25 where MDOT would receive 75%, locals would receive 25. We made a decision to dedicate 100% of this additional uh, federal funds to this local bridge bundling program. We've got the first bridge ready to start. They're actually going to start construction on that next week, which is the Washington Bridge there in downtown Jackson. And then we've got two other bridges that are going to be uh, under construction and completed this year, and then the bulk of them uh, will go next year. So that that's that's a, the pilot project has been uh, very good for us because it's it's a learning process for us. It's it's putting together basically building a program out of nothing, building it from scratch on what it looks like to have MDOT build bridges outside of MDOT right of way. Right? How do we coordinate with the locals? How do we make sure that their voices are heard, their preferences are understood? And um, this 19 bridge pilot has been a good test of that because, you know, we're hopeful whatever comes out of, of the legislature is going to be the next major phase of this, which, you know, we've heard the governor's proposal of a $300 million budget supplemental all the way to, you know, the current uh, Senate Bill 529, which is $1.3 billion. So somewhere in between there is going to be a dollar amount that we get, which is going to be hundreds of bridges. Uh, on the local agency side uh, that we'll get to uh, we'll get to reconstruct. Yeah, that <clears throat> Senate proposal involves using some of the federal infrastructure money, which is which is great. I mean, that's a that's a good use of it, I think. Yes. So talk a little bit about when you say you think you've learned some things from the pilot that could apply to that much more ambitious program. Can you can you cite anything specifically? Yeah, so we have we have separate processes uh, within MDOT when we deal with trunk line projects versus local agency projects. There's different um, 
environmental even though NEPA applies to both there's there's different forms of environmental clearance there's different forms of right-of-way certification it's uh, you know utility coordination all things that have to happen on both types of projects they're just handled a little bit differently and so we found a way to kind of hybrid these two methods together and then the other piece that's that will you know still a work in progress is yes this is this is MDOT that is is we're we're handling the design we're handling the construction but it's not our bridge right or these aren't our bridges so we need to give the bridge owners reasonable assurance that we're acting in good faith on their behalf and we've developed you know a, a very good working group of um, all the regional bridge councils throughout the state and and local agency bridge owners and that work is ongoing we are still we are reaching out to them uh, we're going through an initiative right now where we've got uh, 60 closed bridges local agency closed bridges um, that we've identified some that's like well would we replace those why not remove them we've got another route that's five minutes away or something like that and so we're working with those local bridge owners now to come up with a plan for hey if we if we invest in this bridge right here now's the time to right size the system and maybe we permanently close and remove you know this bridge here and so those conversations are ongoing and again it's it's just the it's the tap dance of 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 mdot making sure their voices are heard when we uh put the program together yeah i think tap dance is a good way to put it and, and oftentimes those local agencies um say yeah they'd prefer not to replace a bridge so that's fine correct yeah well thanks matt for this update, I'm sure we'll be talking again and watching closely as uh, negotiations heat up after they get the FY22 budget done for how much money is going to go into bundling. It'll be uh, interesting to see. Certainly will. Yeah. Thanks for having me again, Jeff. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation. Mm-hmm.